Hello, thank you for joining us today for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance his kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your goodness and your grace here in this place today. And we receive from you your great love for all of us. It's an honor and a privilege for us to be with you today. And as Pastor Noe said, we're Don and Sarah Reed. We live in Sugar Valley. We're children of the house. We've been part of Harvest Time Church since its inception years ago. Harvest Time began with two full-time staff members, Pastor Jim and Sharon Hardaway and um, Don and Sarah Reed. And we were youth pastors then and planned to be youth pastors for the rest of our life. We're going to die the oldest youth pastors on earth. And then God called us to the mission field. So we went to the mission field and lived in Africa for about five years. We both graduated from Van Vleck. And what I want you to know today is that we're part of you and you are part of us. And we aren't here much and you don't see our faces that often because we're out doing ministry in other places. But our heart is here. And what we're doing uh, in Africa is um, something that we lived there for about five years. We're in and out now. And you received when you came in a brochure about Kids for Jesus. And I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time just in the attitude and the atmosphere of what God's doing here today. We just want to continue in that flow. But um, that explains a little bit about what our Kids for Jesus program is. It's a project that we have 100% of everything we receive, raise, um, get for a bag, get in an offering, goes to educate at-risk children in Tanzania who would not normally get to go to school. And they were, we started out with street kids. They were street kids because they couldn't afford to go to school. Now... They're students, praise God. So we continue with those that would be at risk of being on the street otherwise. Um, so we, we've given every single one of you that came in the door, each family, a packet. And if you desire to keep that, take it home, put the picture on your refrigerator. Remember to pray for our students. We have about 74 now. Some are in college. Some are going on to seek their master's degree. We have one that's in a doctorate program. He's going to be a medical doctor. They're very, very um, thankful for every opportunity that they're given. And we're very thankful to the Lord for providing for their lives. And if he can use us to do that, then we praise God for that. And if he wants to use you to help do that, then we bless you in that. And so just ask God if you're to have a part in that. And if so, let us know. If not, don't worry about it. Take that card home and pray for our um, young people. And so we're just, we're just thankful that we're here together with you today in the midst of what God's doing in our hearts and in his presence. And we want to continue to do that. So I'm just going to pray for Don as he comes, if that's okay with you. Lord, right now, we just give you place. Father, we give you honor and we give you glory for your great name. We are so in awe of your presence, of your miracle working power here in our midst. We're so thankful for the reign of your spirit that comes as we enter in as a corporate body. And Lord, right now, we say yes to your word. And we open our hearts and we receive from you your word today. 
Lord, we pray for Don. I pray for Don Reed as he brings the message. I pray for your anointing to be on every word that he speaks, that your life flow forth, that freedom come. Freedom come to our hearts. Freedom for salvation. Freedom for those who are backslidden to come home. Freedom from addictions. Freedom from sickness and disease. Lord, your freedom come here in this place through your word and to your glory and to the fame of your great and wonderful and mighty name. Thank you, Lord. We say yes to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning. Amen. I'm excited to be here today and uh, been looking forward to this. I've changed the message five times, okay? Changed it twice today already. I know the Spirit of God. I know most of you here. I'm looking around. There's some of you I don't know. Today, right now, I want us to pray. And my wife already prayed for me. I have pastors in New Orleans right now that need my prayer. They need your prayer. There's some missionaries in Syria that need your prayer right now, right now as we're talking. And there's some in Afghanistan. We have a young man named Tori. He's been here before. He works with us. He works with the Voice of the Martyrs. He talks to me almost constantly. There are people in Afghanistan that aren't coming out. I want you, if you would stand with me, I want to pray for them. If you know how to pray, just ask God's will to be done in their lives. I said, ask for God's will to be done in their lives, not for protection. I'm asking for God's will to be done in their life. So, Lord, I lift up the pastors and the friends in New Orleans today and all the people there, Father. Lord, we pray for your will to be done in their lives. Lord, we pray that your hand is in control, Father. There's nothing that's out of your control. Lord, I pray for those that Tori talks about in Afghanistan. I lift them up to you today. I pray that they take courage, God. I pray they take refuge in you, God. I pray, Father, today for them, your will to be done in their lives, in their children, in their families, God. I pray for that today. And Lord, I pray for those that are in Syria. I pray, Father, for your hand mightily upon them, that you guide them and you direct them and you lead them during this time in their life, that your will would be done in their lives. And Lord, for us that are here right now, I pray for your will to be done in our lives. Your kingdom come, your will be done in our lives, in this place today, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. You may be said, amen. I want to thank Harvest Time. We had a great, great youth camp. We haven't did youth camp in a while because of all everything's been going on. But a few weeks ago, youth camp went good. We, Noe and Becky, they came and helped. And Don and Judy and Jimmy Don. Ken came and helped. Wendy, you came and helped. Thank you for all of you that came and helped at camp. Thank you so much. Uh, Larry called me this week and said they baptized four from his church and one from West Columbia who gave their life to the Lord during that camp. So I praise God for the souls that are being won. Amen. In the, in, the, in the book, in John chapter 3, in the Bible, in the Word of God, John chapter 3 and verse 3, it says, Jesus answered him and said, Truly, truly, I say unto you, unless you're 
born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. The story behind Nicodemus is that he came at night to Jesus because there was something drawing him to Jesus. He was a Pharisee. He was educated. He was, come on, he was of the top. He knew, but yet there was something that drew him to Jesus at night that brought him there. Now we know if you read the story of Nicodemus, he's mentioned three times in the word of God. And each time you can see a progressive movement of Nicodemus's boldness and courage to come out. It doesn't, it doesn't do like Romans 10, 9 and 10 that says, if you'll believe in your heart and confess your mouth, you never hear Nicodemus saying that. But you hear Nicodemus, if you watch in, in the scripture, he comes to Jesus at night, he begins to ask the questions. Later, you see him standing up in front of the council and saying, do we condemn Jesus, this man, without letting him first? And then later, you see him coming with Joseph, Arimathea to get the Bible, to get Jesus' body off the cross and take it down. If that isn't openly professing Christ, he was no longer concerned about the synagogue kicking him out. He came to a place that he openly took courage and went with Joseph and took the body. And the Lord spoke to me, and I know the Lord's speaking to me now. Some of you today, he wants you to have courage. You've been walking with God. You know the scripture. You know the word of God. You declare the word of God. And when adversity comes, it seems like your strength is small. Know that your strength comes from God. Know that your strength comes from God. And today you need to take courage because just like Joseph of Arimathea, he went to Pilate and he said, can I have the body? If you read and I will bring that out to you. He took courage and he went and asked Some of you just need to take courage and ask. You won't even ask. Ask and you shall receive. And then some of you are like in Jesus when he was talking to disciples about the unjust judge and the widow. She kept going to the unjust judge asking. And Jesus said to his disciples, don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. There's some of you here today. Don't lose heart in what God is saying. We were in Africa recently and they like to do crusades. I'm not big on crusades, okay? I'm big on discipleship. (laughs) I'm big on taking people with me and letting them experience the things of God. And so I had committed before I left the States to speak one day in the crusade. And we were drilling wells, and it was towards the end of the trip. And I had a couple pastors with me. And we were there drilling, and I shut the rig down at noon to go to this crusade to speak that night. And I'm going to be honest with you. You ever done things you really don't want to do? Come on. All of us have been there. Come on. But there's something inside of us, the spirit of God that overcomes our flesh that says, yes, this is what you need to do. And I remember I was trying to get one of the other pastors to speak. Pastor Dave from North Carolina. I said, hey, man, you can speak tonight at this crusade. Wouldn't that be awesome for you to speak? He said, no, it won't. No, it won't. So Pastor Don Carroll from Florida was with me. I said, hey, Pastor Don, this is a prime opportunity for you to come. I mean, you just came back to Africa. Wouldn't this be great for you to stand up? He said, no, I don't think so. (laughs) And I remember going to that crusade that night, and they, they had a big old football field, and they had it roped off. They had this rope so people wouldn't get up next to the stage. And right in the middle of that rope was a Muslim guy. Lots of Muslims there, but 
right in the center was a Muslim guy. And you don't see a lot of old people in Africa. They, they don't live that long. And I remember watching him as I was preaching and he was just going back and forth down that road, just back and forth. And finally I got to a place when I was speaking that he broke through the rope. He, he, he rushed the rope and when he knocked the rope down, everybody came. Everybody came rushing up to the front. And he ran right up to us and he said, I've lived in darkness all my life and I'm ready to be in light. I'm ready to be in light. That's what it's like when you take courage. Come on, you break loose from the darkness. You break loose from that darkness that wants to hold you in bondage. Come on, those things of fear or whatever it might be in your life. When you come into the light, it ex exposes everything. And anything that it exposes, you can deal with it as long as it remains in the darkness. So he said, he came to Jesus by night. He asked a question, you know, how can a man be born again? But he was, in this scripture, in John 3, 3, it says, you cannot see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. Harvest time, you're not going to see the harvest. You're not going to see the harvest if you're not born again. You're not going to see the harvest if you're not born again. You're not going to see the harvest in your marriage. You're not going to see the harvest in your children. You're not going to see the harvest in your co-workers. You're not going to see the harvest unless you're born again. Because Jesus came and he was all about the harvest, doing the will of the Father. He even on the cross when it was finished, he says, it is finished. It is finished. So when you take courage, come on, and you step out into the light, I wrote something. It says, the new birth gives us a new power of vision by which I began to discern God's control. His sovereignty was there all the time, but with God being true to his nature, I could not see it until I received his very nature myself. When you see the nature of God, you're going to receive and your eyes will be opened up. You'll be like Paul on the road to Damascus. He said, Lord, who are you and what do you want me to do? the nature of God, the spirit of God inside of you. I remember Jim Hardobay. He opened the door for me, Noe, when I was a young man. I had, I had no education. I had nothing. And I remembered Pastor Jim, they had a meeting and they, had, they were going to vote on whether you were going to be a youth pastor or not. And I remember I didn't have any qualifications. None. They asked me questions like, where'd you go to seminary? None. Zoop. Where'd you go to college? None. Zoop. Have you ever done this before? No. Zip. Well, what do you got? I said, I love God and I love youth. They hired me. They hired me. He, he, he saw something in me. I'm telling you, he saw something in me. And I see something in you today, each and every one of you. And the word of the Lord is take courage. Don't lose heart because the fields are white unto harvest. But you can't receive any of this if you're not born again. None of this makes any sense to you, what I'm saying. In Africa this time, I went to drill for a doctor. It was this well I was talking about. I quit at noon that day to go preach. And he had been asking me to do this well for years. He's a great doctor. He's 
from Alabama, and he was asking me, just come and look. I said, if I come and look, then I'm going to be responsible for doing it. And look, we're drilling over here right now. I don't know if I'm going to finish this well. I'm at 400 feet, and you're asking me to go up to a mountain and drill another well somewhere I've never been. I don't even know what it looks like. He said, well, I believe you're coming. I did. I finished that one well, 440 feet. We got water. We went up this mountain to a place I can't even pronounce, and we started drilling. And we drilled the first day, and the two pastors from the United States were with me. They were so excited. We're going to hit water any minute, any minute. No water. The next day they got up early. They were so excited. I said, well, y'all can stay home and rest today. No, I'm going with you. We drilled and drilled. No water. I ran out of pipes. I, I drilled every pipe I had. And I was about to give up. But there was one thing that kept me going. There was a Muslim Shay there, and he kept walking back and forth every day. He was angry that we were drilling a well in that village. He was mad every day. Don tried to talk to him. David tried to talk to him. The doctor tried to talk to him. He was angry. He was mad. And I said, I got some pipes back when Noe used to drill with me that are broken. I'm going back to the school. I'm going to fix some of those. And I went back. Fixed a few pipes, went back out there, and we drilled down, and on the second pipe, we got water. And when the water came out, if you've ever been drilling in Africa, the mud will go back in the hole because you're drilling with air, and you can't keep enough of it out if you're so deep. And I was, I was down, down 457 feet, and I couldn't keep the mud from going back in the hole, and this... Shay, this Muslim guy ran and got a big old hoe. And if you're old enough, you know what a cotton hoe looks like. It's a great big hoe. He went and got that big old hoe. And we started pulling that mud away from that well. And when it was over, he came over to me and he said, thank you. I don't know what happened from the time before we hit water till the time we hit water, but something took place on the inside of him after we hit water. And I said that story to tell you this. John 7, 37, 38, and 39 says, If you believe on me as the scripture saith, out of your river shall flow rivers of living water. And if you're not born again, everything I'm saying to you just doesn't make any sense. God wants you to know there's rivers on the inside of you. If you're born again, you'll see the harvest and the river will flow out into the harvest. It'll overflow. And you know what happens when the river goes over the bank? One day it recedes. And when it comes back, it brings the harvest with it. Don't lose heart. No matter what you're going through today, even if, even if you think that your strength is failing you, God is with you. And God is your source. And God is your strength. And that river on the inside of you, if you will just step up and take courage, Step out in faith. God will. And he is at work. John 7, 50 and 52 is about the second thing about Nicodemus, who had gone before, who was one of them, said, does our law judge without first giving him a hearing? He's talking about Jesus. They replied, are you from Galilee? Search and see that no prophet arises. You see the boldness starting to come on him. He comes at night. He don't want to be seen because he don't want to be kicked out of synagogue. I'm going quick, I'm sorry, but I'm excited. 
he comes and he's in this meeting with all these other Pharisees and he said, now wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, guys. Now some of you might have been saying that. Now wait a minute, no, wait a minute, leaders. Now just, just wait, now wait a minute, get out of my comfort zone. Wait, man, me speak, me do something. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute, no. He comes and he says, wait a minute. Wait a minute, doesn't our law say... And have you not heard the scripture say that each one of you have been given a gift? Come on. And each one of you important. Each one of you are part of the body. That each one of you have a supply and that you need to give your supply to the body of Christ? Here's Nicodemus, man, from being afraid of getting kicked out, coming at night. All of a sudden, he's talking to the very guys that could kick him out. Ain't that something? The very guys that could do away with him, he's talking to them. Something's happening on the inside of him. He didn't just pray a prayer and say, I'm your disciple, Jesus. Something's happening on the inside of him. There's something happening on the inside of some of you. Every one of you, I know a lot of you in here. I know your backgrounds. I know your families. There's some of you I don't know. I know where you were 10 years ago, some of you. Some of you I know where you were 20 years ago. But God has gathered you here in this body of Christ for a purpose and a reason. And it's going to take courage for you to step up and step out and do what God's called you to do. Your pal, I'll tell you a funny story about your pastor. When he first was drilling with me, he was late every morning. <laughs> he don't like being late now. He'll tell you don't be late, right? But one morning, they had been married for a short while. I left him. I got in the car. I sat there for about 10 minutes. And Noe, I left you. Noe decided he was going to try to find me. So he went out and got on these little buses. They're called Dollar Dollars. And they put 30 people on a little bus and they crowd you all in there. Well, he didn't get to where I was for a long time because he didn't go to the right place. He got on the wrong bus. But the next day when I went and got in the car, guess what? He was there. He was a quick learner. Some of you are quick learners, and some of you just need a little prod. You need a friend to help you, right? You need somebody to be there with you. Amen? So that takes us to John chapter 19, verses 38 and 39. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus. You get that? That's very important. He was a disciple of Jesus. But secretly, for fear of the Jews, uh-oh, there's that secret in the dark. Some of you have been trying to be a disciple, but you're still operating. You need some boldness. Come on, you need, need some courage. Asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate gave him permission. So he came, and he took away the body. Nicodemus also, who was earlier had come to Jesus by night, came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, 75 pounds in weight. Some of you just need somebody to encourage you. Nicodemus saw Joseph, and what happened? He got right there. It was two of them. They were walking together. Come on. They came and they walked together. They had to go up to the cross, take the body down. Some of you just need to be encouraged. If you're just a one other person, if it's just one other person that you encourage. And together... You can go up the mountain. Together, you can walk together. You know something else? This Joseph guy was rich. 
And do we not read in the scripture, it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God? But yet, it didn't say all rich men would not enter the kingdom of God. This rich man who had everything to lose came and asked Pilate, not because he was afraid of Pilate, come on. He was afraid of those that he associated with on a daily basis. Some of you are going to have to break out and take courage and step out and break away from that fear and that bondage that's been put in your life. Fear of man, is that more important than the kingdom of God? If you see the kingdom of God, come on, he hasn't given you the spirit of fear, but a power, come on, and love and a sound mind that you'll step out from where you are. So some of you just need that person. It says he was a disciple of Jesus. If you just got one disciple, come on, if you just got one. This year I asked Samuel to go to camp with me to be my helper. He's young. And I forgot what it's like to be young. But he went with me and he would ask me every day, now, what do we need to do today? Because he was thinking, I know the games are going to start. I know. Now, what, let's get done what we need to get done. A disciple has a hunger to grow and to learn. And then he would come to me and says, now, I've done this, so can I go do this? And I'd say, yeah, you, you're, you're free. You can, you, can, you can go do that. And then he would come back and he says, now, what are we doing now? I said, we're having lunch. Oh, good. The point I'm trying to make is you walk at least in groups of twos. He sent them out by twos. Come on. When we were in, in Dar this time, a year and a half ago, we started unreached people groups to help. We were asked to help with unreached people groups in Tanzania. There's 29 unreached people groups in Tanzania. And I was here in the States and the senior missionary asked us, could we help? And I felt like I had too much on my plate. And so the first time I told him, no, I can't help you. And then later I called him back and said, okay, I'll just do whatever God wants us to do. And, it, and Becky's my secretary. It's been the easiest thing that I have done to help with unreached people groups. Today, there is a person in every unreached people group in Tanzania. There is a person, there's a body, come on, there's a soul on the ground in those groups. So when we were in Dar coming home, we met with five of those unreached people in missionary groups. And these two American pastors that were with me were listening to them talk and they were translating and talking about what was going on. And one of the guys, I won't say his name for security, but one of the guys began to speak. He said, you know, I used to try to get groups of eight or nine or 12 and disciple them. And he said, and when the group was exposed, they were all done away with, they were destroyed. And he said, I just try to do one or two people in each one of my groups. And they don't know anybody that's in my other group. So if somebody infiltrates and finds out what's going over here, I might lose one or two disciples, but I don't lose 15 disciples. That's how serious it is. They're in places hostile. And the pastors were listening and thinking. 
How, how is it? How is it that they're willing to give their life for one or two? So I ask you this question. Can you give your life for one? I'm not going to ask you for two. I'm just going to ask you for one. Can you give your life for just one disciple, just one? Can you do that? It's going to take courage. It's going to take courage. Amen? Amen? I'm preaching okay, all right? I like this. Mark 15, 42 and 43. And when the evening had come, since it was the day of preparation, that the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a respected member of the council, now we've gotten even higher. He's respected. Come on. He's not just a member of the council, but he, what he does, come on, what he says is respected, who also looking for the kingdom of God. Uh-oh. He's a disciple of Jesus, but he's looking for the kingdom of God. And I like this word, took courage and went to Pilate. Some of you just need to take courage. You need just to take courage. Amen? Are you with me? Amen. And then there's times that the Lord says to you, like in Acts chapter 23 and verse 11, I know Noah, he'll give you a lot of scriptures, him and Brother Jim. Come on. Acts 23, 11 says, Following the night, the Lord stood by him and said, Take courage, for you have testified to the facts about me in Jerusalem, so you must also testify in Rome. The Lord at times will tell you, Take courage. Come on. Take courage. Take courage and do this. Amen? I like 2 Corinthians 5, 8 says, Yes, we are of good courage, and we'd rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. Come on. Can we honestly say that? Everybody says, I want to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die to get there. Come on. That's the truth. You know, everybody wants to go to heaven, right? And some people think they prayed a prayer, so I'm going to heaven. That's all there is to it. No, it's about having a relationship with Christ. Come on. He didn't just save you to go to heaven. He could have just took you. Come on. He's got a purpose for you here. Come on. And making disciples is one of them. Amen? Philippians 1.20 says, As it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be ashamed, but will be full of courage now as always, Christ. Full of courage. Come on. Full of courage. Can you say that you're full of courage today? I'm going to go back to Acts chapter 28, verse 15. And the brothers there, when they heard about us, came as far as Forum and Apus and three taverns to meet us. And on seeing them, Paul thanked God and took courage. Sometimes by you just going, they take courage. That's a part of what me and Sarah do. When we go to Africa, missionaries gather, or we talk to them individually, and we don't have to say anything just by being there. Take courage. This time when we were there, they did a ladies' meeting, and Pastor David's wife, Dawn, 
They did a two days ladies meeting for all the missionary ladies. And Pastor Dawn, she came and she taught the word of two days there to encourage them. Listen, those on the field need encouragement. Day in and day out, they need. And sometimes you think, well, I ain't got the right words to say. I don't know. Just go and be there. I had a friend, lost his father one time, and I went to see him, and I was trying to think of some good words to say. And when I got there, I realized I didn't have any words. I just needed to be there. Just needed to be there. That's discipleship. When somebody's hurting, you just sometimes just need to be there. Sometimes they just need somebody to say, just pray with me. My wife wouldn't. Y'all have these Zoom calls now and all this kind of stuff. Well, me and my wife was on a phone call the other day and we were talking to this lady and all of a sudden Sarah said, I'll just pray with you about that. And, and she said, yeah, I'd like that. And Sarah prayed with her. And afterwards she said, I haven't prayed with anybody in a long, long, that was good. I never, I haven't prayed with anybody in a long time. It can be by the phone. It does. Listen, take courage and open up your mouth and begin to allow God to work in your life. I was supposed to tell you about all missions, right? I'm doing the best I can. I'm telling you, don't lose heart. Take courage. And maybe some of you are just like Nicodemus. You're just late bloomers. Come on. <laughs> Come on, you're just late. Yes. For young people, you're getting started late in life. Come on, just late and then all of a sudden you're opening your mouth and you're like Nicodemus and you're saying wait a minute wait a minute this is Christ we're talking about eternity come on look guys and then before long there's going to be action you're going to be operating in the light if you read back in John chapter 3 and you go through all the chapter, it ends talking about light. Jesus is the light of the world. And we are darkness. Come on. Whether we want to say it or not, we are darkness till light comes in and we're born again. And when the light comes in, we will see the harvest. We'll see the harvest in our marriage. Come on. We'll be willing to put the effort forth in our marriage. We'll be willing to put the forth of the effort in our children. Come on. We'll be willing to put the forth the effort in our neighborhood, in our families. Because the harvest is white, Jesus said. Lift up your eyes. It says that Nicodemus, I mean, Joseph of Arimathea, he took courage. You got to take it. Come on. You can't just sit there and all of a sudden be courageous. You got to open your mouth and you got to begin to let God, you are God. You just begin to praise God, begin to give God glory, and God inhabits that and he comes and the enemy is scattered. There's a young man in North Carolina. He's been asking me to write about my life for years now. I tell him, I don't see anything special in my life. I'm just living for God. He said, No, you, you've been snake bit, you've been this, you've been. I said, that, That's nothing. It says in the Bible, they were sawed in two. They were hung upside down on the crosses. Come on, they were thrown in lion's pits. That is nothing. I guarantee you none of us are facing what Christians are facing in Afghanistan today. And God is saying, 
Take courage. Don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. And if you can just have one disciple. One disciple. It's worth it. This morning I came in. Samuel didn't know this. He was sitting on the back. And I went over and I sat by Samuel. You know what the first thing a disciple does? He starts telling you all about, well, I go to this school. Here's my teacher's name. He named all eight of them. Talk to me about playing the trumpet. Talk to me about the parts of the trumpet I didn't even know existed. Told me how to get the spit out of the trumpet. <laughs> a disciple, he will talk to you. He will open up to you. He will share things in his life with you. And all you do is say, this is the word of the Lord. And you walk with them. You don't have to be perfect. Come on. You don't have to be perfect. You just walk with them. Jesus walked along and said, hey, Peter, come follow me. He said immediately he left. But Peter was the first one to say after Jesus was gone, I'm going back fishing to what I used to do. <laughs> there are going to be times your disciple is going to turn away and say, I don't want to do this anymore. This is too hard. This is too tough. Could you imagine Nicodemus going with Joseph up to that hill and walking up? Do you realize what it took? It took the strength of God. It took God's strength, not his own strength. Because in order for a man to be born again, he's got to leave all of his religion. He has to leave himself. Come on. He has to leave everything. And Nicodemus was willing to do that on that day, he went up to the cross. Are you willing to do that? I know there's some in here today. I told Noah I got two sermons I'm really playing with today. He said, well, don't preach them both. My time's almost gone. There's some of you, what I said today didn't make any sense. It was boring to you. But I'm telling you, if you're born again, you understood what I was saying. And if it didn't make any sense to you, maybe today you need to ask yourself, well, am I really born again? See, Nicodemus was trying to figure out with all his education, can I climb back into my mother's womb and be born again? And Jesus said, no, how is this that you are a studier of the law? How do you not know this? That which is of flesh is flesh and that which is of spirit is spirit. You got to be born again. Your spirit inside of you needs to come alive. And for you that I'm speaking to about you just been tottering there a little bit, God's saying, you need to take courage. You need to take courage. You need to open your mouth. Come on. You need to begin to declare the word of the Lord. You need to begin to speak those things. And then there's others of you. It's time for action. Ken Joe Ackman came to youth camp. And man, one morning we were talking and Jimmy Don and them called him part-timer because he was over there. He was supposed to be in the kitchen and we were sitting there. We're, man, we were just sitting there talking about the things of God, having the best time. I was having a great time. He said, part-timer, you need to get up. And so later on, he was talking to me and he had his eyes open. He was looking for them. And if they came around the corner, he said, I got to go. They're going to call me part-timer. <laughs> I told you that story to tell you there's no part-timers in the kingdom of God. There's no part-timers. 
Ken, you don't know it, but you really helped me that day. You really helped me. You was doing exactly what God called you to do that day. So can we stand up? Pastor Noe and all, can we stand up? I believe by this time next year, that in each unreached people group in Tanzania, there's going to be believers. Some of them already have found their people of peace. And when I say that, a person of peace is somebody that's willing to go further than just hearing. They're, they're willing, even if their own life seeing they're willing to step forward. And so a lot of them have already found their persons of peace. Some have two, three groups. Some of them have a kid in school that where they got into the school and were able to do something. Some of them are in businesses. The Wata Tutor, I went to them about four or five years ago. There was no believers. And I had a missionary come and tell me, he said, I have 10 followers that are willing to be discipled amongst the Watatutu. The Watatutu don't even want you on their land. You know, they, they don't even want their children educated in school. They don't want government people on their land. But yet this one guy has went there. He's given his life. Some of you today, God is speaking to you about it. it's time to step up and take courage and give your supply to the kingdom of God. And today, some of you had your eyes opened up that if I don't see the harvest, why don't I see it? What's stopping me from seeing the harvest? I know what Nicodemus was seeing. He was seeing, I'm going to be kicked out of the synagogue. Come on. Come on. He was dealing also with his intellect. How can this be? How can this happen? It seems so crazy. Things of God doesn't make sense up here. Come on, it's in your spirit. Amen. Come on, babe. I see you standing over. Come on. So this is my home church, right? I'd be at home right now. If I've ever given a word from the Lord, today was the word. That God says for you to take courage and not lose heart. He didn't assemble all of you here together just to assemble. He assembled you here for the harvest. And each one of you have a supply. Each one of you have a purpose. You remember that, don't you? came and talked to me today. Don't forget that. You give your supply and you keep giving it and you don't quit. You don't never stop. And others, I mean, you hear, you just man, what am I going to do? I'm new. I'm a, man, just step up and go forward and get on with the program because the harvest is ready. Amen? But if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ and you're not born again, and none of this made sense to you, I'm going to give you a chance to come as we worship. Just come and say, look, I, I don't understand any of that, but I know I don't see the harvest. And I know that I'm not born again. And you can have Christ come into your life today and your spiritual eyes can be opened. And for others of you here today, you're saying, I'm listening to you, Mr. Reed. I'm taking courage. I'm getting on board. 
I'm getting up off of this place of not doing anything. God grant you boldness to step out and do what God's called you to do. Can we do that? Can we believe that? So I'm gonna give you an invitation, amen, for you to come. I invited my wife to come up here and stand for me. We wanna pray for you. I know you have prayer teams, but we wanna pray for you. We'll lay hands on you. So Lord, I thank you right now for a release of the spirit of God in this place. For the kingdom, your kingdom, God. Grant us courage that we'll take hold of it today, Father, and that we will walk in that. That we will do what you've called us to do. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for the Harvest Time Church podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and empowered. If you'd like more information about our family, please write us at 42 FM 2540 South, Bay City, Texas 77414. Or check us out on the web at harvesttimebaycity.com.